What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. Shazam! Oh, a shout-out to Al McCoy, who went into the Ring of Honor tonight. Congratulations to him, and excellent call by you. And we are here with this week's episode of Bright Side of the Suns for the Fans by the Fans podcast. Hey, you didn't have to write it down, or did you? I totally wrote it down. I write it down every time. <laughs> force of habit now. Just force of habit. Anyway, Anyways. pull back the curtain a bit. <laughs> um, we are, uh, again, here with, with this week's episode. And uh, since the All-Star break, the Suns are, as of tonight, now 2-3 and three after they beat OKC this evening. And um, we've got a few com- comments, topics that we're going to discuss here today. We've got the trades that went down at the trade deadline. We've got this youth movement that's happening here uh, with the Phoenix Suns and what it might mean if it continues to be fun. I, I guess we can call it successful in terms of wins and losses, but perhaps not as successful in terms of the reverse standings. But uh, we'll get into that in a minute. First things first, Paul, trade yes. deadline. Suns pulled off two blockbusters. My mind, Mega was, moves. my mind was blown both times. I, I passed out. It was phenomenal. Obviously, none of that actually happened. Um, the biggest one was obviously P.J. Tucker being traded to Toronto for two, not one, but two second-round draft picks. And I said the Suns wouldn't trade him for a second-round draft pick. I was right because they traded yeah, for two. Two. Yes. So, Paul, what do you think? What do you think about that trade? Um, I'm happy for PJ. I think he he'll be a great fit up there in Toronto. I think they'll like him. He get he got to go back home, kind of. You he's, know that he's that, Canadian. No, that's where he was drafted. Oh, when he was first in the league before he washed out, and then the Suns picked him back up. Oh. but the more you know, um, Toronto Toronto's in a position to contend, and he kind of fills a need that they have from a defensive three uh, and D guy who can body LeBron and kind of take some of that uh brunt of the defensive load yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely no and i'm i'm really happy for tj tj pj PJ. i didn't call him tj earlier did i no he didn't okay cool um i'm really happy for pj too because you know he's a guy that deserves a shot uh and i thought it was interesting uh he gave uh, an interview on his way out of town and was pretty emotional about being moved um but again I think ultimately, after he kind of got over the shock, I guess you could say, of being traded, considering he was the, I believe, longest tenured son at the time. Yeah. Uh, he certainly, I'm sure, is excited about getting that opportunity. And, you know, they got a little bit of little bit of value, very little bit of value, but they got something back for him. Uh, he well, that boogie isn't trade kind of screwed up value of everybody. That Well, yeah, and... Uh, I I disagree with that because it it was screwed up in terms of what value was given given there, but if the Suns wanted a first rounder for PJ and that was the only thing they were gonna accept for him, then they would have not traded him. Obviously, so right. the whole right. we're not taking second round draft picks thing was obviously just you know your typical bluster your typical um, uh, posturing by an NBA GM and so be it but you've got a guy who's going going into he is in a contract year his contract's running out at the end of the season at least they got a little bit of return for him because you know whether he would be re-signed by the Suns or not who knows but 
if that was going to happen, then there's still the opportunity for it to happen, for him to come back if he's so inclined. And if so, great. If not, then at least he didn't just walk away for nothing. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was, a, it was a good move on the Suns' part. They got what they could what they could get for him. He was the piece that probably was best to move. I mean, obviously there are other pieces people would have liked to see move. Brandon Knight. But obviously, mm-hmm. there w- the trade value for him was so low, we probably would have had to give up something else to entice somebody to take on that contract. Mm-hmm. Or we would have had to take on an even worse salary, which I don't even know if that that that, that I don't know if that really exists. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it just makes it puts us in a worse situation. But and you know there always could have been a move for Tyson, but I'm kind of I'm glad they kept Tyson around. And, you know, Knight is what he is. At least he's not being a malcontent about not having played since the trade deadline. Well, at least in this, you know, five-game stretch. Yeah. But even if... Well, it wasn't really the five-game stretch. It just he, the trade yeah, deadline. It, yeah. well, Which, well, that was right. the same. Yeah. yeah. We, we clear? Clear. Cool. But he also obviously took on a different role even before the trade deadline and... As far as I've seen or read or what have you, he hasn't been a problem in the locker room, which is which is great to his credit. Like, good, yeah. good for him. I guess at the same time, if I was getting paid a boatload of money to not do my job, I would be perfectly happy too, right? Yeah. Would you not yeah. be? Well, he's still only 24. Hey, Paul, you want $14 million to suck at something? I'll take $14 million to suck at something, okay. but if you play good at... Well, you're making fourteen million dollars, then you can make that much more later on down the line. Now, now you're, you're just gonna... now you're just getting selfish. <laughs> so anyway, we don't need to talk about Brandon Knight anymore. Mm. Sure, you talk about Tyler. Sure, he's, sure he's a great guy, by the way. I'm, I'd like to have a beer with him, whatever. But not a fan of him as you a got player. It. So I'm sorry, Tyler Ulis. You got as in like a nickname, as in like he's a member of the Wu Tang. I, I, you're not speaking my language. I'm sorry. I'm not familiar. I'm not going to listen to Tyler that. Does that surprise you that I'm not familiar? So, okay. No. Um, we'll talk about Tyler Ulyss. We will. And Alan Williams and Airplane Mode. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I didn't mix up nicknames there. Uh, but at least like two minutes on the second trade, right? Oh, Because yeah. that was even equally oh. blockbuster level. Uh, oh my God! The Mike Scott Suns era acquired Mike Scott for a top fifty-five protected second-round draft pick, uh, and they also got cash, and they also got Sank Akiol, who is a twenty-nine-year-old small forward who's playing, I believe, in I don't know somewhere in Europe right now, and is averaged yeah. at the peak of his European career eleven points a game, and was drafted in two thousand five, apparently. Uh, so that was to save money. Yes. And fine. Whatever. I'm not yep. going to complain about it. Top 55 protected second-round draft pick. Yeah, that means whatever. we're going to – if we're giving away a top 55 protected second-round draft pick, that means we're really good, and I'll take that. Yeah. No, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, that was – just a cash-saving deal. Uh, the Suns had to hit that salary floor and did so by making that trade. Now, I know I feel like there's been some confusion on this whole salary floor thing, right? Yeah, yeah. There I mean, th- on, on paper, 
as far as I understand it, the only penalty is you pay out whatever to get to the salary floor to the guys on your team. So is, wouldn't it be like a nice gesture of goodwill to be like, hey, we got this extra money. Might as well pay it to the guys who have actually been playing here rather than taking on this guy who hasn't been here just so we don't have to pay you money. With the thought being that you're just going to have to pay the money anyway, yeah. right? Well, is that an opening for me to explain why yes. that's not necessarily the case? Just making sure. Thank you, Paul. So that's not necessarily the case because the way it operates is that you have what is referred to as the cap sheet. The cap sheet being the amount of salary that was on the books uh, by at, at, at the end of the year, not necessarily the amount that was paid. So by your team, by your team. So the Suns basically traded for Mike Scott, took on his three point three million dollars or so uh, salary, as it's reflected in the cap sheet, but only had to pay him the prorated basis, the prorated amount of that, which came out to be like nine hundred grand. So in reality, they hit the cap floor. But save themselves two point one million, two point four million dollars, something like by that. making that trade. You're a CPA. I or, am a CPA. Are but that's what I use. Are you officially a CPA now? No, I'm not. Okay. A but I should not have said I was a CPA. I'm oh, close. Yes. Okay. I so, passed the exam. So we'll call it two point four million dollars <laughs> that they save, plus whatever cash they get back, plus Sake Akiol. Yeah. Who? A couple of years back was traded for JaVale McGee. So, I mean, hey. I guess theoretically we could get some uh, a player that will actually play in the NBA sometime. Who knows? Whatever. Uh, again, a non-consequential trade, really. Just a, sal- just a, just a money-saving deal, which I feel like maybe I just opened Robert Sarver up to being like, yelled at more by saying that's, that's what it is. No, but that's what it is, and yeah. if you save $2.4 million, whatever, it's a business, more power to you. It, so, it, it's not like he was doing a move that is abnormal. Teams all over the league do these types of moves to you know, hit that salary floor, clear cap space, or whatever, all the time. So it it's not like you see teams on a routine basis not hitting the cap fl- salary floor and paying out these bonuses to their players. Right. So it's not like the players. Ex- it's not abnormal. It. It's 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 part of the business. Those guys get paid a boatload of money anyway. I'm sure none of them yeah. are losing sleep at night over the trade for Mike Scott. I'm a little upset we can't use any office memes because they cut him immediately. But whatever, that's fine. But bottom line is, there's been confusion out there. Hopefully that clears some of it up for the folks listening. They. Would have had to the Suns would have had to pay three point three million dollars, give or take, to the rest of the roster had they not made the move. Instead, they end up spending cash wise nine hundred grand, making another whatever got brought in. So it's a money saving move. Business wise, it makes sense. It happened. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Nope. All right. What we should and will and are going to talk about is what. Let's start with what you brought up. Mighty might. Scrappy Doo. Scrappy Doo, as you call him. Tyler Eulis. All the young guys have been getting a lot more burned. You God. You, God. You, you explain to me off air, and then maybe, <laughs> maybe we can talk about it more next week. But uh, they've been getting a lot more burned. Chandler hasn't played at all, which I don't necessarily agree with, whatever. That's fine. Brandon Knight hasn't played with at all, which is <laughs> awesome. But also perhaps contributing to this this uh, two-game win streak that they're currently on, which doesn't help us in the reverse standings. But Tyler Eulis, the Suns are fun. It's been fun to watch them over the past few games. 
and these young guys are injecting energy into this team, giving us a glimpse into what the future very well might hold because some of these guys, while maybe before were an afterthought, are suddenly becoming relevant. And let's let you, Paul, start with Tyler Eulis and tell us what you think, what you're observing, what he has to bring to the table besides a debate about a nickname. He legitimately controls the floor. When he is on the floor, he has complete control of that ball. He knows where every player is. He's playing with an intelligence that, to me, exceeds a rookie. You know, Agreed. He, he's not making he's not making rookie mistakes, which is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's also like I'm extremely surprised by his defense for a guy who is what you what were you, you said he was like a buck fifty five. You're a little you're a little high on that. He's 150 listed, 510. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if he's taller than me, I'll, I'll leave that. I'm not going to start another <laughs> will, you, will you eat a sock or something? <laughs> no. I don't know. No, but I I don't believe he's actually taller than me. And um I'm not 510. But anyways, he he's playing really really well and he is leading that second unit to the point that the first unit didn't even didn't even play the fourth quarter last night against um, the Hornets. Mm-hmm. And tonight he had the best plus minus on the team, or the second best plus minus on the team after Dudley at plus 17 when all of the starters were in neg- were negative. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, him and Dudley basically won us that game. Right. And... That's it, that comment brings up an interesting thought, at least in my head, and that is, does that what does that say about the starters? Is that just kind of a, hey, we have a we played against a team that ultimately first five versus first five is better than us, but we won with the bench led by Eulis, or does that indicate, uh oh, first five, uh oh. That's a problem. I, I'm going to go with option A because okay. I mean we're, you're looking at our first. I agree. <laughs> we're playing. They're playing against Russell Westbrook. Yeah, so we could probably say like <laughs> first five versus one. And yeah, most most teams in the NBA be like, oh, we're in he trouble. He dropped. He dropped a triple double with 40 points. Did he get the triple double? I tonight? think he did. Oh think... look, the box score is right here. Yeah. Yeah, if he, he didn't, got, he was very close, but go on and I'll yeah, tell you. Yeah, du- he got the triple – I think he got the triple-double with with 40-plus points. One assist short. One assist short. Okay, so some, not semantics, but he was – the stats right there. were there. Right. Seven, 17, <laughs> 17 rebounds. <laughs> Only one offensive oh, rebound, though. Uh, come on, Westbrook. Come Pick on. it up, bro. Well, that's just because he was scoring them in the basket. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> – you don't miss, I guess. <laughs> that's fair. But so when you have a p- otherworldly player as w- Westbrook is playing this season, obviously the starters on on a team that is well below 500 are probably not going to match up well against that starting unit. Mm-hmm. But it's great to see that bench unit coming through. With you got you got the stabilizing forces of Dudley and Barbosa, which it's kind of weird to me to say, say that Barbosa is a stabilizing force because mm-hmm. I just remember him as kind of this out of control player who scored, but it was just all based off of speed and just right. Most of the time you're like, oh, what do you do? Oh, that was great, yeah, and perfect. N- now he's playing smart. 
And he actually is. playing really good defense as well. And became the 14th all-time scorer in Phoenix Suns history tonight. Yeah, who would have who would have who would have known? Past Connie Hawkins. So does that mean Barbosa should be in the Ring of Honor? No, I'm kidding. Probably, probably not. No, no, no. no, no. I don't know. Well, let's not cra- let's not get crazy. But go on, continue your thought. I lost my thought. <laughs> You're talking about how great it is to see that second unit led uh, well, by it's U.S. Just, it's just great in general to kindly to finally see that youth movement mm-hmm. that I've been wanting. I wanted to see from day one. I mean. I understand why Watson did what he did, and you know they had to try for the playoffs. But part of me is wondering if we might have had a better shot playing these guys. Well, well, how about this then? If we did, then wouldn't it have been better for the Suns to not put these guys in early in the year because then we just become a eighth seed or a tenth seed, if you will. And end up with a mid-round draft pick? Yeah, probably. Maybe that was the thought process. Maybe the I Suns are smarter than all of us, it's, and it's they saw that take, coming. It's hard to take PJ off the floor. He just he hustled he hustled so hard, and he just earned the minutes. And I completely understand why he was playing the minutes he was. But and I also understand why he needed to be traded because he did not fit the Suns' timeline. He was valuable to a team like Toronto, or he would have been really good on... I think he would have been really good on the Wizards, too. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. I just don't like the Wizards because Markeith's there. It, the Wizards were my East Coast team long before Markeith got there. I kind of just forget that he's there, so I can still root for John. I feel Mello. like now that you don't live out there, you shouldn't have an East Coast team anymore. They're my backup team. That makes, that makes it sound worse. <laughs> don't say it like that. Wow. Yikes. Woo. <laughs> anyway, I'm, we're going to move on from that. Okay. I want to talk, though, about one guy in this youth movement that's not Tyler Eulis, is also not Derek Jones Jr., is Alan Williams. Because it's a very small sample size, but dude has been balling. Dude has been balling. Can I am – I, am I right? I'm right. You're right. Double-double machine. Doesn't do anything flashy, but gets the job done. And, you know, we've had the conversation in the past a number of times about Alex Len. What did the Suns do about Alex Len come this offseason? Because dude's going to be a restricted free agent. He's going to get paid for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and and do the Suns have to match whatever offer he gets uh, and keep him around? And I've said repeatedly before that I think the Suns absolutely have to keep him. That was what I am going to refer to as my my (laughs) pre-All-Star break response. Uh, Because, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, if Alan Williams, Big Sauce, North High grad, Valley, born and raised and bred basketball player. Hometown son. Hometown boy. uh, Continues to do what he's doing. Or even continues to be close to to doing what he's doing, I'd rather keep him around for less money than match whatever offer Alex Len's going to get. Yeah, I mean, we already have Chandler on the books as it is. Right, we've got Chandler on the books, and frankly, I don't think that either Alan Williams or Alex Len is or should be the long-term solution for the Suns at center, but they could 
both be serviceable backups and I'd rather pay less for my backup than for my starter. Excuse me. I'd rather pay less for my backup um, if I can. And if Williams is going to be a cheaper option, and frankly, again, if he keeps up what he's doing, he's a better option, then that's absolutely what I should do. And I don't care what team comes out and says, oh, hey, we'll pay Alan Williams this because if it's less than Len, then I'm keeping him. And we look at the 2018 draft. Yeah. Now I'm jumping ahead. But we look at that 2018 draft, and much like this year's draft is loaded at point guard, that draft, at least as of right now, and obviously a lot of things can change in a year plus, but is going to be a very big man-heavy draft. And if we have another down year like we probably anticipate we're going to have, there's a chance that we're going to have a good shot at one of these solid Big man, DeAndre Ayton, please. Um, that's not just the U of A in me either. That's just <laughs> that's 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 straight up. I would love to get a guy like that. So use this offseason to keep Williams. Expect him to be a backup in the future. Draft big in twenty eighteen, and then you have Chandler for another Two one years year. right now, one yeah. year after that 2018 draft to help nurture those guys, and you know who knows, maybe sign them for another year after that, just to kind of be 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 a be a role model, if you will, someone from them for them to learn from. You mean and in 2018, when Ronnie Price is the head coach, when no, Ronnie Price will be the head head assistant, head, <laughs> the executive <laughs> head coach, or whatever they call them, the assistant head coach, lead assistant. Oh, and and of course, let's not forget hashtag boogie in 2018 because. That's when he's going to be a free agent, and the Suns might be a very appetizing offer for him at that point, depending on what they do with this year's draft and where they draft and how the team's shaping up and how the guys are developing. But that's what I'm predicting right now. I said I said before, 2019 championship, that means a 2018 boogie. <laughs> so, but that's my, that's my little spiel on Williams versus Len Paul. Your thoughts... I could also throw some stats out there to back all of this up if you'd like me to. <laughs> nah. Why don't you go ahead and give me your thoughts? I'll just throw some half-baked stats. Yeah, make some stuff up for us. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I mean, I've been soft on Len the whole season about moving forward with him as a long-term option. Just I haven't. He's got flashes, but he just hasn't been able to put it together. And I'd rather take a guy like Big Sauce who has limitations, understands those limitations, and works within those limitations to succeed, whereas Len hasn't figured that part of himself out yet. He's He he can't put together the whole package. Big Sauce isn't as good of a package, but it's put together and it's working. Right. And I'd rather, I'd rather have that, particularly at the stage the Suns are at, and like you said... Next year's draft is very big man heavy, and we could theoretically have a another high pick, most likely. And start playing Brandon Knight again. I'll leave. Hey, Shoo-in. yeah, yeah. Start playing. Good yes. thing we kept him around. Oh yeah, <laughs> bad luck charm, dude. I would. I don't know. Dude, he just need to move him. Well, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bringing everybody down. After all this, it's just been 
post trade deadline, it's just been fun. It's to been watch fun. The Suns and and it it to me has helped craft at least in my little twisted, demented mind a vision of what the future can look like. Exactly, and it's exciting. It is exciting. And if you're out there listening right now and you're not excited, you should change that attitude around and get excited. Right, Paul? And we're still missing Bender. Pounding, I'm pounding on the table. I'm so excited. We are missing Bender still. Yeah, wait till he, like, he comes back and then Dudley's out of the lineup, probably. <laughs> but it just, I can see those pieces coming together and kind of growing. And you're seeing that those guys actually grow. Like, uh, Chris is putting together like multiple games in a row where he's consistent. Mm-hmm. His game, nice. his game last night after like half of Suns Nation thought he like blew his knee out, right? Self included. Exactly. He comes back. He's like, oh, what three, three for four from three point range, seventeen yeah. points where he put up no, no big deal. It's Maybe, fine. Did, did he lead the team in points? I don't know. I think he might have led the team. If in you points. start random, randomly rambling about something right now, I'll look it up. Okay, I can do that. I can do that. But yeah, I mean, Chris is playing well. I we we talked about we talked about the bench. Booker's still staying consistent. So is Bledsoe. Um, Warren has come ba- come back on. Like it took him a little bit coming back from that injury, but he's kind of got back to that position, that level that he was at. I don't really know. I don't think he has the highest of ceilings, but he's a great consistent starter. You're right, and that's that's. I mean, that's a perfectly fine ceiling. Perfectly as far as fine I'm ceiling. Yeah, especially. If we're, we end up with a top pick and we get one of these guys who can be, like, a franchise-altering type of guy. So, like, you know, you can't have all of your players be future Hall of Famers. Good job doing that. He did lead the team in points last night. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I they've – it's – I, I – it feels so weird to have gone through the past <laughs> – what October, November, December, January, five months, and just being like, "All right, well, yes, how are we going to trade Brandon Knight? Who yeah. are we going to trade at the deadline? What's going to happen here? What who are we going to draft? Okay, well, Booker is going to develop, and we've got and Bledsoe, like, and then suddenly we start seeing these young guys play and start thinking, well, the future is not just with the guys who we've known the future is with. Yeah, Ulysses, who." I've been a fan of you. You're higher on Ulysses. You were higher on Ulysses than than I was previously. Yeah. I've come up to maybe the level you were then, and you've maybe bumped it up a bit. But uh, he's showing a lot, and size be damned, whatever. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas, whatever Isaiah Thomas, but he's not a big dude either. Um, and Ulysses is showing a lot of flashes right now that that could be, you know very promising for his future as as a as a backup point guard for the Suns and it's just it's really cool having this feeling of being excited about guys other than guys that like we were excited about last year like Booker being like oh Booker okay and just kind of sitting here now going okay well here's the developments happening but suddenly it's like Booker all over again with a couple of these guys right exactly and I mean we haven't even touched on airplane mode he's undrafted rookie who he's a player, dude. yeah. He he can make it in this league. He has legit skills that he may. I mean, he's. I don't think he's going to be a star by any means. No. but he can be a rotation guy. He can play. He can play. Which 
I feel like his thighs and his ankles might be the same circumference, but that's like <laughs> a whole different issue. So, but feeling good. Future's looking bright. Maybe, maybe next week we're, we're here. We're like, oh no, it was all it was all just a it was all a dream. Oh geez, but but I mean, big sauce again tonight. Twelve and ten. Yeah, one more time. So. On uh, three blocks, I mean, dudes, dudes, dudes playing well. Those guys are doing great. Lewis won, led the team in points. Yeah, I don't know if he led him with points, but I think what, he, he did. Was, He's like seventeen points. Seventeen. Seventeen must be the magic number these days. Yeah, because that's what Chris scored last night. So anyway, only downside. They're winning. Is they're winning. <laughs> I mean, let's not freak out. It's two games in a row, but yeah. at the start of the night tonight, they were. Tied with tied Lakers. with the Lakers for number two in the yeah. reverse standings, second place in the reverse standings, but they were at the same time only three and a half games out of being number five. Yeah, and I think it was something like six games, maybe seven games, which which is a lot when we have less than twenty games left. Yeah, right? that's not gonna happen. But out of being right at the middle of the lottery, so let's not lose our heads about that. If we come back here next week and there's not a you know one or two more L's in 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 the record, then maybe we can get concerned. But you know, honestly, if if they get if they get top three, even four, I'm gonna be okay with it. Obviously, I I have my preferences, which I've discussed before. But if we're looking at a worst case scenario. We get Josh Jackson. I'm not going to complain about that. Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. Totally cool. Not going to complain about Josh Jackson. Not one bit. Although, I have a friend who's a very, very, very big KU fan who has concerns about his shot. But I've watched him play enough. His shot doesn't seem like it's horrible. My, my only concern... Dude can score and shots are fixable. My only concern about Josh Jackson is just the track record of KU. KU guys coming in the NBA. I mean, even like Wiggins, he wasn't. He's Paul Pierce, passive. D Manning. Remember when he I, changed his name from Danny to D? He wanted to go by D. Oh yeah. When he came to the Suns, forgot about that. No, but you're you know you're right. There there are a lot of guys who came out of KU with a lot of hype that didn't amount to a whole lot a in the NBA. Yeah, the I mean, NBA. Thomas Robinson, um, the, the Morris twins. The, those who shall not be named. <laughs> we'll go with that from now on. I apologize. But, yeah, those who shall not be named. If 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 we drafted Josh Jackson and he turned it into, at best, one of those two, then I would be upset. But Especially at three? He doesn't he – doesn't, he, he he comes across as something better than that in watching him in college. So maybe so I'll did Derek Williams. You know what? I'm a U of A guy, and I'm not surprised that Derek Williams has not been a good NBA player. He relied a lot on athleticism, a lot less on skill, uh, in my humble opinion, when he was in college. So I. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Understandable. I just, you know, guy who doesn't have a great shot has a lot of athleticism. You know, there are some comparisons there. Well, I'm not, but I'm not agreeing that Josh Jackson 
Well, he doesn't have a great shot, but his I think he's a better shooter right now than Derek Williams was. I mean, and Derek Williams' draft was horrible. It, it was it was a, it was a crappy draft. So he looked better in comparison to his contemporaries. Whereas this year, it's it's a pretty stacked draft. Right. And if you're still being touted as the number three pick, in my opinion, that means there's something that's truly legit there. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely, absolutely, and frankly, I, I, I see, I can see Josh Jackson eventually being a more athletic Paul Pierce. I mean, he's fresh on the brain right now, but if, if, if the guy can develop that outside shot better, because again, I mean, he's putting up points on an offense that's not a bad offense, so it's not like they rely on him, um, and. Like I said, shots can be adjusted, can be fixed. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't, re- I, I can't say I recall this for certain from back in my back when I was at U of A. <laughs> that was weird, I know. Yeah. Um, but Channing Fry is like a three point gunner now. I would have to go back. And look he, at he was like I a poor man's Lamarcus Aldridge. I don't remember him shooting a whole bunch of threes at uh, U of A. Yeah, he, now. He, if I'm wrong, I'm sure I'll get lit up and told I'm wrong, especially since, you know, I was down there when he was there. But I just don't remember that. Uh, so it's, it's yeah, one of those things that— Yeah, he wasn't known for threes. I, yeah. I, I remember that being, like, even when he was in the NBA, he didn't right. really become a three-point shooter until so he came got to the, the Suns. Suns. I remember I went to the first preseason game when he signed with the Suns, and he took, like, three threes. And the first time he took one, I was like, what was that? <laughs> and then he took a second one. I'm like, oh, he made it. Like okay, this is this this is weird. Is he just trying something new? And here we are. You know, now he shoots forty percent a decade later, and he's doing the same thing still. So not a decade later, but that was probably well, that was probably like six years ago, five yeah. years ago. So, but at any rate, trade de- trade deadline's done. We're in the relative home sh- success home stretch of the season. Relative, it it wasn't it wasn't a failure. It wasn't a failure. That's no. we didn't freak out. We didn't give up a top two pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, although one thing we didn't talk about, and maybe we can well, – I probably won't talk about it next time, but maybe we will, is the whole thing that Gambo reported about there being a potential trade with an East Coast team or oh, yeah, Eastern we Conference be, yeah, team. Yeah, we can get into that. I think he said it was the Bulls. Um, I heard, no, I heard it was he the said, Bulls. No, he said that he believed it was the, the Pistons. I think – I heard other reporting that said it was the Bulls. Well, who is that from? Because if it's not Gambo, I don't believe him. More national? Yeah, I don't believe him. Okay. No. But yeah, I don't want Andre Drummond, Caldwell Pope, yeah. and Stanley Johnson. If that would have happened, I would have ran headfirst into your wall and just been like, I'm done with this. Yeah, because that... No. Just no. You don't have to say... You don't have to explain that, that. No, Yeah, no. I would never do that. I would... Ugh. No. I wouldn't do anything like that with the Bulls either, for that matter. No. So yeah, everyone, when when Doug when McDonough when McDonough said that, <laughs> and he said maybe we explore that again in the off season, everyone was like, "Oh, maybe the Suns are gonna." No, they're not. No, they're not gonna do that. There is no way in hell the Suns do either what? of those types yeah. of trades with either of those teams. No, you heard it here fo- first, folks. Logic says yeah. no way in hell that's going to yeah. happen. So, but, yeah, both those teams are basically capped out with the players that they have right. at their from a potential standpoint. Exactly, and I guess 
covering that was fine because that took us like two minutes, and I feel like we need to say nothing more about nothing. that. Nothing. So, at any rate. Unless with, one of those guys is Brandon Knight because he's a top three player. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, it depends who the other two are still. Yes, this is true. Or even just one of them. If either one of them's names are Eric or Devin. Nope. No. Not for Stanley. No. Or uh, Reggie. Or Contavious. Contavious. That's an interesting name. I'll just leave it at that. So, all right. All of that being said, Paul, any final thoughts, comments, concerns, observations? I'm looking forward to this last home stretch of the season. I want to watch the Suns be competitive and lose close. Mm -hmm. And just watch these guys develop and... Just show what we are all hoping the future could be. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're also losing a ton. Obvs. I agree. Let's get excited, Suns fans. Be excited. There is a bright future in front of us. I'm going to say that. I believe that. I hope that. God, please let it become the truth. And Boogie 2018, that's all that I have to say to finish it up. So, as always, thank you for listening. You can catch me on Twitter at so says Jay, and Paul is... At Dervish of Whirl. And until next time, depending on when you're listening to us, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. yippee Mr. Falcon. <laughs> Thanks a lot, folks. Take care.